1: Log Talk
2: Radio. I'll use all the black
0: another edition of Intimate in 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 the Word. My name is Sean Holmberg and I'm here with Christopher Herzog and it is Saturday night. It has been a very long week. Um, If you haven't heard, um, there was a huge disaster in Japan with an earthquake and then a tidal wave slash um, tsunami that actually hit with, at the latest count, thousands of people dead and more probably to, that are unaccounted for. So wherever you're listening from, if you need to translate this for whoever's listening, then do so, please. <sighs> Father... In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, your word declares to call to you and you would answer us. Father, your word declares if two or more of us are gathered in your name, that you are there in the midst. So, Father, we come together as the bride of Christ, Father, asking for your grace and your mercy. On the residents of Japan, Father, that your Spirit would go forth and comfort the brokenhearted. Father, that your Holy Spirit would go forth and heal the sick according to your word that says, by your stripes we are healed. So, Father, we reach out our hands unto Japan, Father, and ask for a move of your Spirit there, Lord. You know, it's funny, all week we, for the last week, off and on, we've talked about witnessing and being a witness and the importance of being the representation of Jesus in this earth and now more than ever, As always, it should be apparent. You know, it says in Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And just to remind you, this is not always politically correct and everything we say will not be necessarily religiously appropriate and there will be a great many people who may get offended and if so, I'm sort of sorry. If Sort of. I don't mean completely because I'm just going to say whatever I feel. The Holy Spirit gives me grace and the ability to say. <sighs> Maybe I'll start off with a story. A um, long time ago, um, I was going to a church in Rockwall well, i Church in Rock, and one, at this one time, we had this amazing move of God going, and there was um, a man named Rodney Howard Brown who came to the church, and stayed for upwards of six, seven months. And the presence of God and the anointing of God was unbelievable. Literally walking into the church during morning service, afternoon service, was literally like being in the presence of God. And I remember I was working at a gas station, because I was still probably not even 19, 20 even that and I really had the desire to go just to see him not Rodney but to see God because you know I've never actually this is going to sound really weird so don't take this the wrong way um, but I've never really gone to church service to hear a good message and ever I've always gone well, I mean, I think a couple of times when I was a kid, I probably went to see a girl or two. But in general, for the most part, the only times I've ever really wanted to go to church and the desires I've had to go to church and the compelling in me to go to church wasn't for to get some great word, or, but it was to experience his presence, to see him, to be in the presence of the Father. And this one day was particularly amazing because I really wanted to go. I got off work early, had my dad drive me up there expecting a miracle. And, you know, when we come to the Father expecting, believing, and trusting him, and just leaving our expectations open for the impossible, which, you know, he, the Father said that with him, nothing is impossible. And so if we just leave our expectations open, then he'll always meet us. And, you know, the service and the anointing on the service was unbelievable. But then after the service, something not so good happened as that there was word that one of the members of the youth group had committed suicide during the meeting or right before. And the sense of death and of one person who, for all, nobody knows for sure who's saved and who's not, I mean, we have the witness in our spirit, and we talk to people, and we can tell, and we internally know who's a child of the Lord or not, because your witness bears witness with their spirit and the Holy Spirit in them, but not knowing if this kid was actually saved or not, and not knowing what, where he he was at that moment, once he passed from death into eternity. And... I remember during the aftermath of all this, everybody was crying and I was literally blown away because he wasn't like a, a good friend, but he was someone I knew. And while everybody was trying to comfort everybody, this one kid who I'll never remember his name, because I don't even know if I remember his name now. He was some kid I went to school with, probably early on in my high school years after getting saved, came up and thanked me for talking to him about Jesus. With his tears in his eyes, he thanked me for talking to him about Jesus, and I don't remember ever saying a word to him about Jesus. I mean, I probably did, because I talked to everybody about Jesus, but I never led him to the Lord, but someone did. And it's it sort of struck me that that's what he remembered me for, was that I had told him at one point in time about Jesus. You know, there's a verse that we've it's been like a theme going on for the last week in First Corinthians three. Where Paul said, I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. And we, in our lives and in our representation as ambassadors of Christ into this earth, you may not always see the result of your fruit when you sow something into the ground you sow it in faith and with the expectation of a future harvest. And any farmer who goes about working, he sows a seed and then he learns patience and he learns to water it and to care for it. And he learns that there's things outside of his control that will produce a harvest from the seedy planted. Because the seed isn't the end result. It is it's just a seed. But then you need the sunlight and you need the water and the right conditions and for the seed to grow into whatever plant is going to grow in. And you know, people are like that. You may speak a word to them and never yourself see the result of the fruit of what comes out of their lives. And me and Chris were talking about this today, is that, you know, we've been doing this radio broadcast for two weeks, and which has been an odd two weeks because we're both still nervous, not sure how all this works, um, and at times not even knowing what to say, just giving it up to the Lord and letting him take control. And we realized that, you know, if one person, whether it's, here in the States or whether it's overseas at any point in time, if one person hears this broadcast and gets prayer and hears even one word from the Lord that plants a seed in his heart or gives him encouragement or brings him even a step closer to Jesus, then it's, everything's worth it. One person who maybe has slipped away in their relationship from Jesus and just from something that is said on this broadcast, their heart is turned even a little bit back towards the Lord. Everything's worth it for that one person because you never know what you're actually affecting when you talk to someone about Jesus. Yes, we know the the, the ultimate goal is their eternal salvation and the restored relationship with Jesus Christ. But in a way, it goes beyond that because one person who comes to know the Lord Jesus It doesn't just affect their lives. It affects the lives of every person they will ever come in contact with. It affects their children's lives and their families' lives and the people with them at work and the people they see on the street. Because now there is another vessel that is carrying about the fragrance of of the Lord Jesus Christ into this earth and spreading the glory of the Lord. And one more person who's walking through a world that is darkness, declaring the light of the Lord and declaring that Jesus Christ is, Lord over this earth one person can affect nations and you know Billy Graham was one person and who through his ministry whether it's in person or on TV has probably led countless millions to the Lord but yet it was one person who spoke a word to Billy Graham and the Lord taking those words and it's, you know, it says in Romans two, four, it says that the goodness of God leads men to repentance. And so the Lord takes the seed of the word and he grows it inside of a person and the Holy spirit warms their heart and draws them to the father until the point comes that they receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. And they, and they, receive jesus and accept him as our lord and savior and you know the person who led billy graham to the lord and spoke those words to him may not even no one knows how old he was but you know what he probably never knew the impact of the words that he said i remember a story i heard about on the titanic there was this pastor who was on the titanic and he actually had a spot on the life raft when it was going down but when someone asked him if he wanted a spot on the life raft he said no you take my ticket and give to someone else i'm going to stay here and win as many people as i can to the lord jesus and he said because i know where i'm going and the last thing people remember even when the Titanic went down, and this man was out on the lifeboat, and he was still on these in these like or not a lifeboat but on these rafts and these pieces of plywood, and he was just going through the water, still going up to people, asking them if they knew the Lord Jesus Christ, and saying, "Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved and The last words out of his mouth were telling people about the Lord Jesus. And, you know, ten, maybe 10,000 if not more people have died in Japan and appeared in a couple of days. And I sort of had the same um, conversation with myself and the Lord when the Twin Towers collapsed in, at 9-11 in the United States, is that, you know, If I was in the building, it could have been me. And if I had been in Japan, it could have been me. And it could have been my friends or it could have been my family. And the Bible says that every man is appointed once to die and after that to judgment. Which means there's no guarantee. There's a time that's designated for every one of us to go meet the Lord and stand before him. And nobody knows when that is. And any moment... It says in Ecclesiastes, it says that our life is but a vapor. It says we're like the grass of the field. Any moment could be the last. And when that moment comes, you won't know it until it's gone. And then you're standing before him. And, you know, I'm not saying this for anybody out there who doesn't know Jesus to try to scare you. Into a relationship with him Because The The end result of salvation And of a relationship with Jesus Christ Is eternal life But more importantly than internal life Is the point Is the reason behind eternal life Which is the relationship with God the Father And with Jesus Christ And it's actually that relationship And the intimacy of the Father That Is the Actual Fruit of eternal life is actually having this relationship with the father. And, you know, who knows how many people in Japan knew the Lord Jesus and how many didn't. And, you know, people may ask why it happened, but nobody knows except for God. And in the long run, it happened. And and what, how how does an event like that actually change your thinking? I mean, how much more vigilant must we be every time we see an event like this to how much more vigilant should we be in proclaiming the gospel to those people that we've stubbornly refused to open ourselves up and proclaim the gospel to? Because any minute people are passing on from this life into the next and how many of those people know the Lord Jesus and you know when it comes to the point that we're standing before the Father and there's and he said he'll divide the good he'll divide some on the left and some on the right and you know how many of these people that we'll see up there who never accepted the Lord Jesus how many of those people are ones that we may have had an opportunity to talk to about him But never did And how many of those people Could have been saved If someone would have taken the time To actually Just go up and talk to them And leave their barriers down And leave their expectations down And leave their fear and their doubt down And just go out in a step of faith And and tell someone about the love of Jesus Christ That has been poured out in our own lives (sighs) And you know, it's not always about the words. It's not always about having some specific formula that you need to go to school to learn how to do. it's speaking from the heart, is speaking from experiences. It says in Revelation, they overcame him by the, the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and it's the revelation of and the experience of what God has done in our life and how He's transformed our lives from the way they used to be to the way we are now and our relationships with Him. It's those things that that show that there's hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and it's the hope that the world is looking for. And it's not about the words. It's about Him. And it's about our relationship with Him. And It's about just taking a step of faith and letting the Holy Spirit do everything else. You know, it says that the disciples went out and preached in the Holy Spirit, with them confirming the words with signs and wonders. And we go out and we speak a word of faith, and regardless of what the word is, and we just trust the Lord to do the rest. And the Holy Spirit always will. He'll always back up the words of Jesus. And, you know, Paul, when Paul is preaching... And it's sort of how I feel sometimes doing these broadcasts is that, um, you know, and I, I know Chris feels the same way, is that we feel like we're the last people to should be on any Internet radio broadcast or anywhere else because we're not qualified. We're not the most astute or the most learned Christians we've had. Normal Christian lives and normal lives of ups and downs and good times and bad times and being in on the mountaintop with the Lord and then being all the way down in the valley and the times that we're stuck in the middle, not really sure which way we're going. But in all that it goes to prove that it's the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That gives us fur you know, Paul Paul said that when I am weak he is strong. And it says that God said that his grace is sufficient for us. And, you know, the thing about grace is it's not, grace is something that's not deserved. It's the unmerited favor of God that's poured out in our lives, and it's not about us. You know, it says in Ephesians, it says that we're not saved by works of righteousness, but by grace we're saved through faith. For it is a gift of God, not of works. lest anyone should boast. And when it all comes down to it, we're all the same. And we're saved by grace. And it's by that grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of the Lord. And it's by the grace we stand day by day, by day, by day. Every minute of every moment, every breath that comes out of our life is because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I the other day I was reading a, a letter from a monk named Brother Lawrence who said he would talk to the Lord and he would tell the Lord every time he messed up he said Lord and he said I'm just going to assume unless you do something in me that I, that it will stay the same because I cannot do it on my own. And there's absolutely nothing in this, in this life that we can do without the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. It says in Job, it says, if he would withdraw his breath from the world, it would cease to exist. And it says in Colossians, it says, through him all things exist and consist. And Jesus is the very fabric and the very glue that holds the world together. And we live this life by faith in him and trusting him and allowing him to work in us and through us. The works that it says in Ephesians, it says there's there's works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And it's just walking in works that are already set aside for us. And he's already paved the way for us. And he's already moved his spirit and, and arranged all the pieces just so he can work with us and give us an opportunity to work with our Father. And... So telling someone about the Lord Jesus or praying for someone who's sick isn't a big ordeal as far as that we're carrying all this pressure that we have to perform because all we're doing is being obedient and just taking a step of faith. Just a simple step of faith that could result in the salvation of, of a person and restore a child of the living God back to him and in the process have an effect that could ripple throughout all eternity and throughout kingdoms and nations. And, you know, we'll never know, but it's not our job to know all the details about what the Lord's doing. All we do is take a step of faith, and all we do is talk to one person, to one person, to one person, to one person. And that's it. And let the Lord Jesus guide us, and let His Holy Spirit fill us with His presence, and let the Holy Spirit lead us in the places He wants to go. And, you know, the Holy Spirit isn't always forceful the Holy Spirit is sometimes very gentle and it's a slight tugging It says I need to go in this direction or I shouldn't go in that direction and it's that tugging of the Holy Spirit that'll give you insight and the guidance. You know, the Bible says that the word is a lamb unto my feet and a light unto my path, and there's nothing in the Bible that speaks of the character of God except for that he had compassion on the masses and that he had compassion for the people and that he's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And so this week that's coming up and the rest of this weekend... You know, make it an effort just for one person. Talk to one person about him. Find that one person at your job or the one person you see at the gas station or the one person in your family who doesn't know the Lord Jesus and just tell them. Because not only will it open up the opportunity for eternal life but at the same time it brings them to the Father and it brings them to the Lord Jesus and uh, there's no other reason to be here because if we're not out winning the lost and if we're not out telling the world about Jesus Christ what are we even doing here if we're not laying hands on the sick and if we're not preaching to people in prisons and if we're not going into the hospitals and healing the sick? Then what's the real purpose for us as the bride of Christ? Why are we even here? Well, I mean, there, there's no other reason for us to be here except for to be the light of this world. For when there's no light, there's darkness and that's why we're here. It says you are the light of the world. A city set on a light a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, and you don't take a lamb and put it under a basket, but you show but you expose it so that the world may see. And it says that we are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? And you know, there is gonna kind of, kinda of come a time when the Holy Spirit will depart from this place. But as of now we have the gift of the Father, the Holy Spirit of the living God and the power of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead working in us and working through us and all it takes is for men and women of God to get on their knees in front of the Father begging the Father on behalf of the nations. You know, it wasn't just in the old testament that people needed to pray it was every minute from the time of creation until now you know abraham fought with god in in a way and it was called intercession where abraham stood in the gap on behalf of a city and said if, if there's a hundred righteous, ten righteous, if there's just one righteous and it was the one man Abraham, not because he was a special man, but because he was the only one who would do it. And he was the only one willing to stand in front of God Himself and plead on behalf of the masses and plead on the behalf of those who didn't know him just for one sheep, one person. And even today we live in a global community. You know, people are always talking about conspiracy theories and the New World Order and all sorts of other things, but you know what? It really doesn't matter, because this was one globe and one, one people in the very beginning, and they belonged to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the best thing about technology and the people of the world today is they create amazing technology that the Lord Jesus can use to proclaim the goodness of the Father. And we have the ability to reach every nation on the face of the planet. And so there's no excuse not to tell at least one person about Jesus. Because that's the reason we're here. So I'm going to take a really quick break and then we will be right back. back to Animate in the Word. Um, my name is Sean Holmberg, your host, with our co-host Christopher Herzog, and our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for absolutely anything, please give us a call, or you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com, and we will send you uh, prayer, audio, video. So, tonight, we're going to get into a little bit of the Word, and a little bit of Scripture, and so hopefully have time to get through all of it before the 11 o'clock hour. Um, but this is John 11, and It's about the death of Lazarus, but it shows a lot about the character of Jesus. Anyway, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after, that, after this he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judah again it's an interesting verse he stated that he loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus and when he heard that Lazarus he sick, he stayed two more days and you know there's times when our emotions will tell us one thing and compel us to do another thing but the spirit of God will compel us to do something completely different And, you know, I can assume that Jesus, on his own, would have rushed as quick as he could to get to Lazarus, but yet Jesus wasn't doing things because he wanted to. When he or and he wasn't doing things out of the desires that he wanted to do them necessarily or the emotional need to do something. He was doing things as he heard the Father tell him what to do, and he had constant guidance from the Father. And so although on the external, visibly it would look like he would need to rush, the Lord knew because of his relationship with the Father that there was something that the Lord was going to do. And so he waited for two days. And it says, Then after he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews have sought to stone you. And are you going there again? And Jesus said, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe Nevertheless, let us go to him (laughs) It's it's interesting because we're going to see that same topic again in a second Where Jesus said, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go also with him ...that we may die with him. Because these disciples, you have seen the miracles of God, it's just like the children of Israel. They see the miracles of God, and yet they still do not believe... ...because they still haven't grasped, and they still don't understand. And it says, So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around, Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. (laughs) And there it is again. That's amazing faith. Just like... The master who came up to Jesus And said my son is sick And Jesus said let's go And the master said no there's no need I am not worthy for you to enter my house But just speak a word And my son will be healed And Martha here knows That if Jesus would have been there That her brother would not have died But even now she said I know That whatever you ask of God God will give you. And, you know, she makes an identity statement there about Jesus. She confirms something that that he has said before, that everything he did, he did what the Father told him to do. And he did the works of the Father. And he said, I, I've done what I see my Father do. And every work of Jesus and all the things that Jesus did, it, he was doing them because he was hearing the Father. Even Mary could recognize that. And, and she, and it wasn't, Jesus, you, you, you can heal him if you want to. She was like, I know that whatever you ask the Father. Because she recognized the relationship between God the Father. And she recognized that Jesus was still under authority from the Father and was still on a mission from the Father. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, let, let me stop there for a second. You know, here's the interesting thing about people in general, and Christians mainly, is that it's easy to think that we could have believed for something... Before the crisis has happened, if we would have done that, if we would have done this. But Jesus was always ready to fulfill the word of the Father. He's saying, Your brother will rise again. And she's saying, Well, okay, well, he's already dead now. You, you could have done something, you know, you could have done something if you were here. But now that he's dead, let's, we're just, we've already accepted the fact that he's dead. So, yeah, I know he'll rise later on. But she doesn't understand completely that he, Jesus said, My Father has been working until now, and I am working. Same Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ is working in this earth today. And he sent the Holy Spirit, and he said, The works that I do, you shall do greater. And even into this generation and to the very end, the Holy Spirit is working in this earth performing signs and wonders and miracles. And all it takes is for people to stand up and believe the word of God and to stand up and trust God for the impossible. He said in Jeremiah, he said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And all it takes is that step of faith. Anyway, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went away and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly, and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore when Jesus saw her weeping and that the Jews who came with her weeping he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and he said where have you laid him? And they said to him Lord come and see and Jesus wept. Then the Jews said see how he loved him. And some of them have said and let me stop again. You know there's a tendency of us to give up hope. Because we see the world sometimes in a hopeless situation. And but you know, Jesus knew what was possible because he knew the Father. And some people they had an idea of the power of the Father, but they didn't understand how amazing You know, Jesus said, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think, and it says later on, it says, no eye has seen, nor has ear heard, nor entered into the very heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love them. So, you know, whatever it is that you're expecting or whatever you think is possible, you need to take that notion and conception and you need to, throw it away. No eye has seen nor ear has even heard this or entered into the heart of man. That means you haven't conceived it. You haven't thought about it. You've never dreamed it. You've never even possibly remotely come close to understanding the power and the blessing and the love of God that is available to them that will just put their trust in Him. You know, it's funny. I was in my car once and I was listening I've been listening to a missionary In Mexico named David Hogan Who goes and does missionary trips And ministers to um, Aztec tribes Like authentic Aztec tribes And his ministry sees Countless people get healed And he sees countless people raised from the dead And if you've never If that sounds crazy to you Then it shouldn't be Because Jesus did it all the times And he said the same works that I do you shall do also And it's the same Holy Spirit And you know, I was talking to, to Jesus about it, and I was just contemplating in my head, could I ever be at the place in faith and trust in the Lord that I could actually pray for someone and have them raised from the dead? And what he said to me, I was sort of taken aback by, because all that he said was, you never tried. And I think... For a lot of us, we wonder what's possible, and the only way to find out what is possible is to actually step out and just to try and prove the Lord and His Word and give Him the opportunity to prove what He has already said and to back up the words that He's already said. Anyway, and then it says in verse 37, and some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? See, once again, couldn't he have kept the man from dying? Because they're still assuming the situation is lost. But as far as the Lord Jesus is concerned, it's never lost. There's no situation that's lost It says that God is long-suffering Not willing that any should perish If all should come to repentance There's no lost situation There's no end of the road There's no it's too late for me to get prayed for There's no it's too late for me to get saved There's no too late for me to come back to the Lord It is never too late To trust in the Father Because as far as he's concerned There's never a moment that is too late Then Jesus, again groaning himself, came to the tomb, and it was a cave, and they had a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Take away what hinders the move of God from your life. Martha's sister, him, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. (laughs) And Jesus said to her, it doesn't really matter. That's not actually what he said, but it's sort of similar. He said, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not say to you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And it says later on, it says that we have the same promises. It says we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the things that we ask No, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, "Lazarus, come forth!" And he came. And he who had died came out, bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, "Loose him and let him go." It's time to take the dead wrap off of our lives. And to be loose, it's time to take the garment of doubt and the garment of fear and the garment of disappointment and to let the hope and expectation of God in your lives be loosed to live. And to trust in the Lord and it's time to take the stone away. Whatever that stone is, that's hindering you from trusting in the Lord and believing in the possible, whether it's past failures or past disappointments, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. How bad the stench is, it really doesn't matter if you just would trust the Father. If you would just trust Him, you will see the most amazing things and you will see His love and you will see the power of the Holy Spirit working in your lives and in those lives around you. So we have about five minutes left. Um, This hour went really quick. And um, once again, our call-in number is six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. 638 8458 This is um, Prayer International Radio. Um, we're about to go into a time of prayer for the nations. And so I just wanted to give you an opportunity just for us to take a minute that if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you never met Him, if He's just a word or a name that you've heard on the corner or just a name you've heard in the street, I want to let you know that He's real. Whether you're in an apartment or in your house or whether you're listening to me by... or on the radio whether you're listening live or whether this recording was taped three, four years ago I want you to know that right now the Lord Jesus knows where you're at and you wouldn't be listening to this by chance and I want you to know that he's real and that, that he does love you and that God sent his own son Jesus to die for you And if it was just for you, he would have still done it, for you are very valuable to him. And all it takes is for you to trust him, and to trust that he died for your sins, And you know, there's not a lot of formulas or things and there's not a correct way to come to him. It's just a matter of turning your heart and saying, Lord Jesus, thank you. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I accept it, and I believe it, and I trust you. And that's it, and that's all it takes is just trusting him and giving a shot, giving God a shot to prove himself to you. If you're not ready to make that commitment, or maybe you don't know if you really believe, then just ask him to prove himself to you. Ask him to show himself to you, and he will. I don't mean that he's just going to show up literally, like, in the center of your living room, God himself, because if he did, you'd be consumed, because it says no one will see the face of God and live, and Moses tried that, and he didn't get very far. Um because it said that God told him that no one can see his face and live, but what I mean is if you just ask him to reveal himself to you, he will, and he'll speak to your heart and he'll and the Holy Spirit will reveal to you Jesus, so just trust him and just give him a shot today to prove that he is who he said he is, and that he'll do what he say he'll do, and if you already know him, give him a chance today to prove his word in your life. And give him a chance to prove his word through you. Because all it takes is standing up and believing the impossible and believing that God can do what he said he will. So I'm going to put on one more song, and then we will be back with Chris Harzog for an hour of prayer for the nations. Mm -hmm.
3: All uh, right, well, praise God. We're back. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. We're just a few minutes past the 11 o'clock hour. And coming into the second portion of Intimate in the Word, and the first half of our broadcast, we heard from the Holy Spirit as he was speaking through Sean, and Sean was sharing his heart, sharing the Word. Sharing about the love of God and stepping out in faith and just quite a bit of stuff, actually. He was really just picking that word apart, praise the Lord. And so that's one thing we are about here at Prayer International. We we love the word of God and we are about building a foundation that is sure on the promises of God. You know, the Bible says if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And we really think it's important that in your Christian experience, in your Christian walk, you get grounded and founded, rooted in the Word of God and uh, have an understanding, you know, of, of the Bible, of the history, uh, you know, the Psalms, the prophetic books, uh, the law. And, of course, the Gospels and the Epistles, the Book of Acts. You know, all all these, it's very important to have a balanced perspective, to rightly divide the word of truth, to have a balanced understanding of God's Word. And so as we teach the Word and declare the Word of God, we may teach or pray or debate or have open discussions with Different people that call in, or different contributors, whatever the case is, we will do our best to promote the truth of the Word of God. We will look at what the Bible says and what the Bible speaks for itself. And so, praise God, thank God for truth. So, let's go into a time of prayer. Uh, I know Sean mentioned, and uh, for those of you that are just tuning in, obviously, if you are. Watching the news or listening to the news, you're aware of the crisis that took place in Japan um, also um have a little bit of residual effect in Hawaii and on our coast here in North America. But from what I understand, most of the casualties and uh devastation and actually there's uh, a lot of people that past and the tsunami and the earthquake, uh, most of that took place in Japan. So right now we want to just lift up um, some intercession with our family, th- those of you that are listening to the broadcast that know the Lord and believe in the power of prayer. You know, the Bible says when two or more are in agreement, two or more are gathered together. He is in our midst. The Lord himself is in our midst. The Holy Spirit dwells among us in the midst of our praise, in the midst of our prayers. Whenever we declare his word, he is there. So we want to gather with you. Maybe you have a prayer need. Maybe there's uh, something in your life you need us to agree with you for the will of God about. Feel free to call in. The phone number is 619-638-8458. I know some of you were in the chat room uh, earlier. Uh, My wife was going back and forth uh, in there. I don't know. I guess we've still got somebody in the chat room now. So feel free to get in the chat room. Get on the phone, 619-638-8458. Of course, you can email us at prayerinternational at com. We want to hear uh, what you need prayer for. We want to stand with you. And, of course, requests are coming in, and we uh, save those, archive those, and we continue to pray over those. Um, So feel free to let us know what's going on. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now for those in Japan. Uh, Maybe there are people here in the U.S. or those that are listening on the globe that have family or friends in Japan, maybe you know some people that were there during this crisis, and so we want to lift you up as well, Um, if you have any kind of um, ties to any of the people in Japan or what's going on there, we want to cover you and your families and your friends, and we want to cover the country of Japan and that whole nation there well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for what you're doing around the globe. We thank you, Father, that there's no distance in prayer. And right now, we want to lift up a watch. We want to lift up our voices and join with our our community of believers that are listening and those that are around the globe praying right now. Father, we join our prayers here at Prayer International with our listening audience. And Father, we ask, Father, in the name of Jesus,
1: for your will
3: to be done and your kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we thank you that you are provider and that you provide what we have need of. And Lord, we believe that there is a turning and a shifting around the globe, that you are turning nations, you are turning the hearts of men and women, you are turning the hearts of leaders and kings, you are turning the hearts of those that promote other gospels and other religions and you are turning them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're turning their hearts to the true God and you're turning their hearts to the Holy Spirit as he's drawing men and women and children to the love of God and to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father, right now we just pray for those that are in Japan. Father, those that We're visiting those that are related and those that are going through an emotional crisis as well as the devastation, actually going through the devastation related to the earthquake and the tsunami. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would send relief and send support. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would raise up the community and the people in that nation, in that area, to pull together together. As you help their fellow man, we pray, Father God, that you would send people from the nations around the globe to help what's going on there, Lord. Send your angels, Father, and begin to do miracles for those that can't get to hospitals. Begin to provide food, water, and shelter for those that do not have any. Father, provide the finances and the funding and the transportation and and everything that's necessary uh, to repair and work in the in those cities, in those areas. But Father, we pray for the people of Japan that this would bring them to a desperation and a hunger, that they would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Father, that you would use, you said you use everything and that all things work together for the good. And we're asking for you to work This situation out. Father, work this situation to turn a nation that has not yielded to the Lord. To turn a nation that's not yielded to the Lord. And Father, we ask, Lord God, let their hearts be turned. Feel their their churches, and those that know Jesus, let them proclaim boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ and and pray Supernatural Lord, we pray, Father, that you would touch your people, touch your Christians that are in that nation, touch your churches, touch your leaders, touch your people that are in that nation to pull together and use this time to share the hope that we have to share the good news of Jesus to share the power and the provision of the holy spirit and of the lord jesus christ then father we pray for salvation for healing for lord for miracles to begin to happen lord for for you to make a way where there is no way for those that are in this nation to come to the knowledge of the truth And rescue them out of their devastation, Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're working. Lord, even though we can't see, Lord God, what you're doing sometimes, we just thank you, Father, that you are taking care of business. You're sending your angels to your people in that country. You are sending laborers and relief workers and people to help. Lord, send your missionaries and your people now that there's a a ripe season, that the the fields are white and are ripe for harvest in that nation. Hearts are are becoming broken and open. Sometimes trial brings a desperation and causes people to turn to God Father, although we don't wish anything bad on anybody, we ask that you would use this to turn the hearts of the men and women in that nation to the Lord Jesus Christ. Use this to gather your church and unify your people. Use this to shape even governments and, and policies and laws and things in that nation that oppose your gospel. We thank you, Father, that your word is going forth. Your word is going forth. Bless those in Japan, bless those in Hawaii, bless those in San Diego and Oregon, and those even on our own coast here. And bless everyone affected. Turn this situation around for them to bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, bless their families and friends that are going through this time of emotional crisis even here in our nation.
1: Relieve them, bring them
3: peace. Point them in the way. Father, we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now I want to go ahead and say a prayer. Uh, I just want to pray over those of you that are listening tonight. You know, we've had a few people call in that are... Believing God for their friends and family, loved ones for salvation and healing and financial breakthroughs, different things. And I know we've only been doing the radio broadcast for a couple weeks. We've already gotten some good feedback from a handful of people that are in the metroplex and that are actually local that listen to us that we uh, communicate on a regular basis with. And so, if you are getting blessed, if God is touching your heart through this program, if you are sensing His presence and just really sense your faith stirring and rising, and really feel like it's maturing you and bringing you to a different place in Him, or just encouraging you to keep on keeping on in the place that you're at. Let us know. Write in, uh, email us at prayerinternational@gmail.com. At you can phone us. Give us a call. We're six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. And you can go to the website, www.prayerinternational.org, and we'll have some daily devotions on blogger.com and daily devotions. Posts. If we want to reach out to you through any means necessary. We've got a Facebook page up. Um, we also have things on MySpace, Twitter, like you stream YouTube, and, and we're going to broaden that. There's media, uh, venues, and we'll be adding media to our page and adding devotionals. We have different contributors now that are adding to our devotions and our messages. And we have a few videos on our website. We just want to be a help to you. We want to help to lay a foundation in your life that will cause you to be strengthened and founded, established strengthened in your inner man, where you can get so solid and rooted, unmovable, unshakable, unstoppable. That's what we're here for, to help grow you up in the mature things of God. You know, we're not saying we know everything and that we've got everything perfectly figured out, because we don't. Nor will we ever. Not until that day when we know Him as we are known and He begins to reveal all things, but we do strive to Study the word of God, rightly divide it, seek for truth, say what it says, pray what it says to pray, and we expect kingdom results. God is establishing his kingdom, and he said if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added unto you. Let me pray for you. Father, right now I pray for our listening audience, Lord, that you would cover them, Lord. Father, you would turn their hearts to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that you would fill them mightily with the Holy Spirit. And, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would draw them into an intimate encounter with you, that you would draw them to a heartfelt relationship, to a real, genuine experience with you, Lord. Father, increase their faith. And let their hope not be deferred any longer, Father, I pray for those that are sick in their bodies, that they would be healed, those that are tormented or stirred in their minds or anxious, that there would be a peace and a calm and a rest of God that comes over them. And, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would give them ears to hear your voice as you're speaking to their hearts, and you would open the eyes of their hearts and they would see your glory. Father, break every yoke and bondage and and stronghold in their life, every thing, every mountain that's in their way, Lord, we speak to it. And we tell it to be cast off into the sea. And, Father, every hurdle that's in their lives, every obstacle, Father, would you remove it? If it's not there to make them stronger, then remove the barriers that are keeping them from the perfect will of God and from the blessings of God. And right now we pray for those that are in leadership, that they would go forward in the power of the Spirit, those that are doing other broadcasts and ministry and those that are leading in the business field and at their jobs and maybe their business owners or wherever you're at, if you're a teacher or educator and maybe you're an authority, a social worker, whatever you are, look, wherever you're at, you're called to lead, called to be an influence, Maybe it's on your job, maybe it's in spiritual capacities, or the financial realm, or the entertainment realm, or music, or wherever it's at, but you're called to be an influence. So we pray for everyone that's listening, that you would reach your full potential, that you would reach your full purpose, and that a spirit of excellence would be upon you. That the spirit of mind, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of wisdom and understanding knowledge would be upon you and that you would do and understand the will of God for your life that the eyes of your understanding would be flooded with life that you would know the hope of your calling and that you would be able to comprehend glorious riches the inheritance of the saints look God's got inheritance for you there's an inheritance in the destiny for everybody listening So we pray that the Lord would help you to apprehend and overtake and pursue and get a hold of those promises and those things that he has purposed and planned for you. So we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now so look, we're going to go into a time of worship for a minute. We're going to come back and just see what the Lord is doing. If you need prayer, go to the phone six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. We're taking prayer requests on the email, on the Vlog Talk Radio chat, as well as the phone. Um, some of those email requests that come in will probably be addressed on the next show because we can't, you know, we don't get them all right away. But reach out to us. Let us know how we can reach you. This is Prayer International Radio. This is Intimate in the Word. My name is Chris Herzog and. Our uh, host, co-host, Sean Holmberg, was in the studio for the first half of the show. um, He may jump back in here. Um, We'll just see what the Lord does. Right now, we're going to go into a time of worship and let it prepare your hearts and prepare your minds. And just allow the presence and the glory of God to soak into your spirits and allow the hope to be birthed again. Allow that strength to begin to rise up, that faith to begin to rise up inside of you and be encouraged. You know, if you're a Christian, and maybe you just came into the family of God, but if you're a Christian, let me tell you something, there is victory for you. With God, all things are possible. The Bible says that nothing is too hard for the Lord. Philippians 4.13 says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All things. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And I'll tell you why. Because he who's in you, 1 John 4.4 says, He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So you can lift up your hands and you can thank the Lord. Just begin to declare victory. Thanks be to God who always leads me into victory, who always leads me into triumph. Ephesians six ten says you can be strong in the Lord. You are strong in the Lord, and in the power of His might. That He is your refuge and their strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. And the Word of God says that no weapon formed against you should prosper. There's victory in the Lord. Victory. The Lord will deliver you. He who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. So rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Praise God. Let's go into a time of prayer. Just begin to remember as this worship plays, as as you listen and meditate on the spirit of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to just remind you of who you are in Him. Remind you. You know, we talked about our identity. We talked about who we are. Let me just share a little bit so you've got something to meditate on for a little while. If you're in Jesus, listen, you're a child of God. He's your Heavenly Father. He says, Even when your mother and father forsake you, I will lift you up because you're adopted by God. He's adopted you. He justified you. He he bought you with the price. The blood of his son Jesus. And you belong to him. If you're in God. The word says that you're born of God in first John five eighteen says you're born of God and the evil one cannot touch you. You cannot be separated from the love of God. Romans eight thirty five says. And you don't have to walk around with a spirit of fear because God gives you a power and a love and a sound mind if you're in Him, if you're meditating on Him. You're going to remind yourself who you are in Him. If you're a friend of God. Come on, I am a friend of God. We've all heard that song. Friend of God. Friend of Christ. Remind yourself. Every time you hear that song, God says, you're, you're not my servants, you're my friend." You're a saint. He says he's redeemed and he's forgiven you and you're called and you're chosen by God. He justifies you. You don't have to be condemned. You're justified. If you're in the spirit, those that are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. You're a son. You're a child of God. If you're in the spirit of God and you're one spirit with God, you can be one with God and he can be one with you. You're God's temple. He dwells inside of you. I'm I'm reminding you of who you are, of God before you. Who can be against you? Remember, all things are possible to them that believe. With God, there's, there's not one thing that's impossible. Hold on with faith and patience and inherit the promises of God. Take up your shield of faith so every time the enemy throws those doubts and those dogs, so he quenches them. Stop them. Look, I know I said we're going to go into a time of worship, but sometimes it's just good to meditate and muse and, and declare. Remember who you are. Confess who you are. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And from the word, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. As you begin to speak, your life will begin to align itself with the words that come out of your mouth. You know, we don't realize that words are powerful. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Your mouth can either be a well of life It could be a cesspool of death You can speak boldly In the name of the Lord Or you can just Spout out your mouth The Bible says In Proverbs fifteen four That your tongue Be a tree of life A well of life You have to choose The book of James says You have to bridle your tongue Like put a like you put a bit and a bridle on the horse's mouth to steer them and to to direct the way that the course of their walk goes and the, the path that they walk, you direct them with that bit and battle. God says, when you speak, it directs the course of your life. See, the Word of God says the worlds were framed by the Word of God, which means when you speak, it's actually framing out your world you say, well, you're just getting into that confession, name and claim against us now. I mean, yeah, we we are, actually. But there's a balance there. I mean, Jesus himself said, Whatsoever things you desire, as you believe in your heart, therefore speak, you shall have whatever you say. If you believe that you'll have whatever you say, Speak God's word with boldness. Confess your hope and faith. Put away all evil speech from your mouth and, and learn to bless those that curse you. Bless rather than return insults. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Speak speak the truth in love to them. You know the psalmist said in Psalm nineteen fourteen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Jesus said, The Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. Why are you saying this? Because a lot of times our world is really affected by what we say. Jesus said, You're justified and condemned by the words that come out of your mouth. That was the New Testament. The Old Testament said like this, a man is ensnared by the fruit of his lips. You can either set a trap, you can either set a curse for yourself or a blessing, and just follow what comes out of your mouth. And so get a grip, set a guard over your mouth. Set a guard over your mouth. You know the Word of God
1: says, so.
3: First Peter three ten says, "I'll keep my lips from deceitful speech." Titus three two said, "I'll be on one. Matthew twelve thirty four, Jesus said, "It out of your button and instead of your heart, your mouth." And so, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, it's really important that you meditate on the words of God and get those in your heart. Because when you hide his word in your heart, like David said, you won't sin against him. When you meditate on his word and his direction and his plan and purpose and desires for your life, guess what? Your life will start to line up with it. Well, so if you need prayer, go to the phone. Six one nine six three eight eight four five eight six one nine six three eight eight four five eight or go to the chat on the Blog Talk Radio page, or feel free to email us at prayerinternational@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So we are going to go ahead and go into that time of worship that I promised you probably about ten minutes ago. But, uh, you know, just like I said, let that word soak in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit brood over your spirit and drink deep. You know, there's a river a river that makes glad glad of the cities of God, but there's a river flowing from the throne room. Praise God, let's just learn to drink freely tonight, allow the Holy Spirit to touch you. Praise the Lord.
2: Listen to our earnest prayer. Jesus prayed it years ago that the glory you had given him, we would somehow come to know. And
3: God, we are back Welcome back to Infinite and Word. This is Prayer International Radio My name is Chris Herzog And we also have Sean Holmberg in the studio And we are going to stay in an attitude of worship and prayer Just want to share a little bit um, about prayer Yeah, you know, The Word of God tells us to pray continually Pray without ceasing be anxious for nothing but Let everything Let your request be made known unto God You know We're to let everything We're to bring everything to the Lord And we're not to be anxious We're not to let anxieties and the cares of the world Actually snuff out And choke out the word of God that's within us You know the Bible says That the worlds were framed By the word of God And like I said earlier, when you speak, you're actually framing out your world. You're actually uh, creating your future. You're creating your destiny. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, the Bible says that we're created in His image. In the image of God created God male and female. Right? And If we're in the image of God, uh, one of the things that God did was he spoke to create. And he gave us that same power and ability, he gave us the power to speak.
1: The way the reason I know that,
3: Jesus said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is, and whatever you believe and speak, you can have whatever you say. So whatever comes out of your mouth, if you believe in it hard enough, give enough faith in it, it'll manifest in your world. And it's not—that's not just for the Christian. That's for anybody, and that's not just for the positive things in life. But that goes for the negative things in life. You see, if you speak blessing and you speak kingdom and you speak the words and the will and the purpose of God out of your mouth, then that's what's going to manifest in your world. But if you speak curses and you speak bitterness and Hatred and, and things that are contrary to the things of the spirit. The Bible calls it the flesh or the carnal realm, the carnal mind, carnal words, carnal lifestyle, which is enmity with God. That means it, it puts you on a playing field as God's enemy when you begin to speak against the things of God. So it's very important that you have the word of God hidden in your heart so that you don't speak against God, so that you don't sin against God. Bottom line is heaven and earth are going to pass away. Everything in your life is going to pass away one day, but the word of the Lord is the one thing that's going to stand. It's not going to pass away. It's going to stand forever. When the grass withers and the flower fades,
1: the word of the Lord is
3: the one thing that's going to stand forever. Why? Because it's the word of God and it endures forever. It endures forever. The word of God says itself. First Peter one twenty five. And that word is clear, and it will give you insight into your life. In fact, those words, John six sixty three says, God, your words are spirit and life. If you want spirit, if you want to be spiritual, for all of you that are into spiritual things, then get in the word of God. You don't have to go to a psychic or a medium. You know what you need? You need the living word of God in your life. You don't need to go to a palm reader. Go to the one that reads the hearts. See the Bible says the word is living and active, it's sharper than a two edged sword and it's able to discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You don't need a psychic to tell you a bunch of garbage going on in your life, which half of it is not even real anyway. Those people are trained to to read people. And most of the time, there's nothing spiritual about it. But you want to go and consult with one. See, there's one mediator. There's one medium between God and man. And it's not somebody with a little crystal ball and a bandana around their head that looks like a gypsy that just fell off the back of a truck. But there's one mediator between God and man and his name. is Jesus Christ. He's the one you want to go to He's the one that knows Your past present and future And he's got the power to forgive Your past present and future He also has the power to send you straight to hell And so consult with him The Bible says I know the thoughts God says I know the thoughts that I have for you Says the Lord Plans to give you a hope and a future See God has a future in mind For you an expected end. Some some versions of the Bible say you've got an expected end. It means there's an expectation in God for your ending. You see, God wants you to be a finisher and finish strong so that when you stand before God, he can say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. because see, God's in each world to deal with his good pleasure, but you've got to let him work so he can will and do what he wants to in your life. Because it's by his spirit that you're strengthened. It's it's by Jesus. We do all things through Christ, through Christ, in Christ, by the spirit of Christ who strengthens us. And apart from him, outside of him, contrary to Christ, you can do nothing. You see, there's principles in the Word of God that if you obey them, you'll get the blessing. You can't just do whatever you want and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's still principles in the Word of God. The Lord says, do these things and you will have good success. Bottom line. He says, don't do these things and curses will come well, you say, well, yeah, but didn't Jesus free us from the curse of the law? Sure he did. But he also said, look, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it, and the whole law hangs on these two things. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, love and strength, and you love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments, you see. So if you love God with all your heart, soul, love and strength, you're going to keep his commandments. You say, well, that's legalism. No, that's love. Keeping the commandments of God, Jesus defined it as love. And if you love God, you're going to keep his commandments. Well, how do you do that? You allow the Spirit of God to rule your decision. You say, well, that I'm never going to sin. No. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That No one can say I have not sinned or else he's a liar. And the truth of God is not in them. That's the book of John. Not the gospel, but the book of And so we want truth. We want God's word because the word itself said God's word is truth. God's word is truth. And it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And it's profitable for your life. It's the thing that will instruct you and guide you and correct you and reprove you. it will not return void in your life, but it endures forever. It will go forth and accomplish and purpose what God sends it out to do. So let your delight be in the law of the Lord. Let your delight be in the word of God. But let me say this. Jesus himself said to the Pharisees, You search the scriptures because you think in them you have life. But it's me that they testify of. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so if your Bible reading and all your commentaries and theology books do not lead you into an encounter with Jesus and an experience with the Holy Spirit and put you in a place in a position where you can hear the voice of God and experience his glory and see his resurrection power in your life and his miracles and his healing and his salvation, and his delivered for you and your family and your friends and your neighbors and your church and your community and your country, if you can't see the reality of God in your life, then he's just a story to you. And that is not Christianity. And if all you've had is just a story and a textbook theology, but you had no encounter with Jesus, then you are missing it. And we are here tonight to say, hey, open up your heart to the one true living God. His name is Jesus. He died on the cross for your sins. He shed his blood so that you could be saved. What does that mean? It means you can have a relationship with him. You can have eternal life. The kingdom of God can come into your life, or rather you can come into the kingdom of God, and his spirit can come into you. And those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, are children of God, and God desires to be desired of you, and He does desire He desires to be with you. So let's do this. If you need prayer, go to the phone, six one nine, six three eight eight four five eight. I'm gonna go ahead and close in prayer. Give you an opportunity if you don't know Jesus. We just want to encourage you to give us a call, lead you in a prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I thank you that you died on the cross and you shed your blood for me. Forgive me, Lord, and give me forgiveness for others.
1: Reveal your will
3: to me and allow your plan to be accomplished in my life. Come into my heart and make my home in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for becoming my father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, like the Bible says, if you receive the Lord, confess him as Lord and Savior. Believe in your heart that... He died, was resurrected, and you should be saved. Turn your life over to God. Repent of your sins. Turn from your wicked ways and begin to seek out the knowledge of God. Go open up a Bible find a church where the Bible is preached. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Begin to pray to God daily. These are the things he wants of you. And if you're praying and seeking God, find a prayer partner. Find a prayer group. Find a place in your church where people are praying and if they're not praying in your church, then start one. And if that's not where you feel led to, do, what you feel led to do, then find a place where there's a vibrant, living, thriving presence of God, glory of God, prayer and ministry that's word-based, filled with a love of God, where the fruit and the works of Jesus are pouring out of people's lives, making a difference, where you can see the difference, where you can feel the difference, where you can taste the difference. Because, believe me, kingdom, churches, are a lot different than religious churches. So let me say this. Turn your heart to the Lord. Pray daily. Don't be anxious. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge Him. Allow His Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. So, Father, we just ask your prayer over everyone tonight. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give them daily bread. Lead them not into temptation. Deliver them from evil. Allow them to have a spirit of forgiveness and a right attitude all the time. Bless your people, Lord, and those coming into your kingdom. Bless their families. Bless their finances. And bless their future. This is Prayer International. This is Intimate in the Word. My name is Chris Herzog. And you have a blessed night.